Acts 20, verse 21, these are God's words, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So far the words of God. (coughs) The Apostle Paul is continuing here, summarizing to the Ephesian elders what it looks like when a ministry keeps back nothing helpful. That there is the duty, ministers and elders, in the ministry of the gospel, to keep back nothing helpful, and that there are therefore these various components. Uh, And so he preached and taught that there was both the pressing home of the claims of God, the pressing home of the comforts of the gospel in Jesus Christ, in the proclaiming, and there was the instructing, the teaching of the truths, proclaimed and taught in public and from house to house. That this was done both generally to the church, open to all, and also according to households, specifically uh, with heads of households and with households uh, as the various truths touch their family uh, in particular. Uh, and now he uh, adds at the beginning of our verse uh, a word that reminds us how solemn, how serious uh, this preaching and teaching was. He uses the word testifying. Uh, it is uh, the same as the word from which the word from which we get the word martyr. Those whose deaths are a testimony uh, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the fullness of his atonement and the blessedness uh, and eternality of that which he has gained for all who are in him uh, and how worth worthy he is even uh, of dying. Uh, and all of these things are true not only when a martyr dies, but when a preacher preaches uh, the great worth of Jesus Christ, the perfection of his work, the fullness of his sacrifice, perfection of his righteousness, the infinite blessedness and uh, permanent eternality of that which he has gained for those who are his, the dread curse from which he has saved them. And so a minister, an elder, must speak in such a way as a man who testifies, who witnesses unto Christ. This he did both as he pressed home the claims and the proclaiming, and also as he instructed in the doctrines and built up the theological knowledge, uh, the scripture and theological knowledge uh, with which God's people's minds are to be stored, testifying. There is a particular tone that belongs to a faithful ministry. And just as it is incumbent upon the minister to preach with that seriousness, with the, the infinite and eternal and, uh, and weighty tone, uh, so we need to hear him that way. If we are not receiving the word of God, 
the law of God, about his character and what is required of us, and even more, and most of all, the gospel of God, the grace and mercy, um, which is the favorite part of the display of his glory, as we hear in the Exodus passages. If we are not receiving those things as the weightiest things in life, uh, the things that uh, that not only outshine every other thing, but only those things that are weighty in light of the law and the gospel of God uh, have any true weight, then uh, if, uh, if we are not listening that way, then we are not giving God and Christ and the gospel uh, their proper place. So there's the tone of the message, just in that very first word in our English translation, testify. Uh, but there's also the audience of the message to Jews and also to Greeks. Uh, now, this is something that we are expecting uh, from uh, at least when God tells Abraham that in his seed all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Uh, yes, at, uh, at Babel, the Lord uh, for the restraining of man's sin, divided earth into 70 groups of families. And yet, uh, as he was bringing the seed of the woman, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world through Abraham, uh, through Isaac, through Jacob, through David, uh, and did indeed come in the Son, send the Son uh, to be that, seed who had crushed the serpent's head. It was for all of the families of the earth. And here they are summarized under this phrase, to Jews and also to Greeks. This is God's plan of salvation, uh, and therefore he teaches us that he is redeeming every sort of person, uh, all uh, without exclusion, uh, although not every last person does uh, uh, does get saved is not all without exception, but it is all without exclusion. And so the ministry of the gospel must reflect the God of the gospel. Uh, there are those who are more difficult to minister to, uh, and yet uh, the the minister, the elder, the brother or sister in their uh, duties in the congregation as well, uh, must not leave anyone out. Um, those who are harder uh, to love and to serve, and in this case, to love and to serve with the ministry of the word, uh, that just requires more effort. They're not allowed uh, to leave to leave them off. Uh, it is to Jews and also to Greeks. Uh, the Jews and Greeks both need the gospel. They both need the preaching. They both need the teaching. They both need it to be done uh, in a solemn way. They both need it in public. They both need it from house to house. They both need repentance toward God and faith toward Jesus Christ. None of us are ever in a place where we are no longer needy of the Lord's appointed ministry for applying to us the help that he gives to Christians. And so, if you were a Jew in uh, the church in Ephesus, and uh, the apostle was coming to your house to proclaim and 
teach uh, solemnly to your household. You wouldn't say, well, why is he coming here? We're not like those Greeks who don't have Bible and theology. No, he has, uh, he has that duty, that obligation to all whom the Lord has brought into that congregation. And it reminds us that we all need this ministry. This is Jesus's plan for bringing to faith, for growing in faith, for growing us in holiness, growing us in grace. The ministry of the word, not only the ministry of the word that is conducted in the home by the husband and the father, uh, but the ministry of the word that is conducted in public and according to households by those whom the Lord Jesus has saved and gifted and called to that. And so it's to every sort of person uh, in the congregation. Uh, And now uh, it's not just uh, to every sort of person uh, in the congregation, uh, but uh, it is the whole of Scripture. Uh, When he says repentance toward God and faith toward Jesus Christ, he is using another one of these couplets. Remember, we, we had four couplets, and this is the fourth of them, and each of them take two words that function as bookends uh, to describe the fullness of the ministry that the Lord Jesus gives through ministers of the gospel. And so the first was proclaimed and taught, and the second couplet was publicly and from house to house, and the third couplet was Jews and Greeks, and the fourth couplet now, uh, is repentance <coughs> repentance and faith uh, or faith and repentance these are bookends uh, that cover the whole of what scripture teaches saying that he preached to them uh, and taught them te- uh, testifying faith and repentance is another way of saying He taught them what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. The duty that God requires of man is our repentance, our turning from ourselves, from our sin, to God. Uh, The mind directing the whole man, uh, repentance being the word that uh, in its most basic, most simple uh, meaning or origin of its meaning uh, is a change of mind. Uh, and it is turning the direction uh, of the man from himself, from sin, from creatures to God. Uh, when we sinned in Adam, when we fell in him, what did we do? We suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. Even though the truth about God was visible in the creation, we pushed down on that truth in unrighteousness, and we gave up the glory of God for which we are created and unto whom we are to live uh, for that of the creatures, animals and birds and men, creaturely uh, things. Uh, in repentance toward God, we leave off that way of thinking, that way of leaving, that aims our life, that aims our self uh, at ourselves or earthly pleasures or earthly things, and we turn back to God. We come back to loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
But how can we who sinned in Adam, how can we who fell in Adam, how can we who turned to ourselves and became slaves of sin, we died and we became slaves of sin, how can we repent towards God? And the answer, wonderfully, praise God, is faith toward Jesus Christ. What man is to believe concerning God does include, of course, all of the glorious truths about God's character, but the great way that he has displayed himself and his character is in his Son, through the redemption of his Son, so that Jesus comes not like John, uh, merely proclaiming repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, but he comes proclaiming himself the king, proclaiming himself the king who gives repentance, proclaiming himself the king who seeks and saves that which is lost, proclaiming himself the king who gives up his life for the world, that uh, the bread that he would give for the life of the world would be his flesh, and he would uh, give himself on the cross, and he would spill his blood to wash us from our sin, and he would die the death in which those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, are not only counted righteous and forgiven of sin, but are now dead to sin, and sin is no longer their master. He wins for us not only forgiveness, but life and repentance, so that we who died to sin may be also alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is the great thing that man is to believe concerning God. We must, of course, Believe all the truth about who God is and what God is like. But the greatest display of who God is and what God is like is in his actions, in history, his providence, and especially the crowning and focal providence of all his actions, which is redemption in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the core of who God is and what God has done and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ says, Christ is my righteousness, Christ is my sacrifice, Christ is my death to sin, Christ is my resurrection to be alive unto God, Christ is the goodness and life from which I can love God, Christ is the goodness and life from which I can obey God and that love, Christ is my everything. And when we say what man is to believe concerning God, we are especially to believe that God is Jesus Christ who came to save us. That, that Jesus is the display of the triune God towards us. And so the content of, the mess, of Paul's message is the whole of Scripture. And we'll come to that more in verse 27. But wherever you are in Scripture, there are two great things there. And you can summarize them like the Catechism does. What man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. And the reason the Catechism puts it in that order is because you can't fulfill your duty until you belong to God in Christ. Or you can summarize it the way the Apostle does here, repentance toward God and faith toward Jesus Christ. Uh, so that if we ever had the Catechism question, what do the Scriptures principally teach? And you said, 
repentance toward God. The scriptures principally teach repentance toward God and faith uh, toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Hopefully, whoever is uh, giving the quiz will acknowledge that that is a correct answer, uh, although it is good to learn the same form as everyone else, and you can then say um, what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. And so the content of his message is the whole scripture. The aim of his message, however, is our response. Right When you say what man is to believe concerning God, uh, that uh, sounds like <coughs> a set of ideas. But if you say, I'm, I'm going to teach you what man is to believe concerning God, that, that's a, that sounds like I'm going to teach you a set of ideas. But if I say, I'm going to teach you to believe in Jesus Christ, that is the response that is required of you. Uh, the response to that set of ideas. If I say, I'm going to teach you what duty God requires of man, that's a set of ideas. Okay, now I know what duties God requires of man. But if I put it this way, I'm going to teach you to repent towards God. That focuses more on, uh, or aims more at, the response to knowing the duties. Uh, that, that you learn the duties so that you will do the duties. Uh, and so, uh, this is how that proclaiming and teaching couplet from verse 20 um, uh, comes out here. Uh, not just teaching the content of what we are to believe concerning God and the duty that God requires of us, but proclaiming to us, urging, pressing upon us the response of repentance toward God and faith toward Jesus Christ. And the reason why it requires a personal response is because it is a personal message. The focus of the message is God himself. Repentance is a response. Faith is a response. But both of them are responses to a person. It's not just a set of actions. It is a way of living toward God himself. It's not just a agreeing with and depending upon ideas or um, the provision of righteousness or the provision of atonement or the provision uh, of spiritual life. Uh, it is dependence upon the person who gives us that righteousness, who gives us that atonement, who gives us that spiritual life. So that when you hear the and sit under and are a beneficiary of, a recipient of the ministry of the word, you need to be responding to God himself. That's what Paul is saying. Saying, I, I didn't keep back anything helpful. But in everything I did, I urged you to respond to God himself. I urged you to respond to Christ himself. It was never about me and you. It was always about God and you. It's always about Christ and you. It is God himself who is the great focus, the great subject uh, of the ministry of the word. And that comes out uh, even in the word our. Uh, faith toward God and, sorry, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Not just that you would know that there is salvation in him, but that you would have him himself. This is why um, 
to whatever extent you only know about the Lord Jesus. You ought to be crying out with, from your heart for the Holy Spirit to help you, that you would know the Lord Jesus himself, that you would have him, that you would know that he has you, that you would know not just that he loves sinners, but that you would know that he loves you, that he would produce in you not just a desire to do what is pleasing to him, but a desire to please him, a love for him, a desire to bring him praise, um, desire to uh, for him himself. Let us pray and ask that the Lord would give us both this sort of ministry of the word and that we would respond in kind to the sort of ministry that he has designed in the church and in our homes. Father, I thank you as one whom you have called to this ministry, that you have spoken so plainly so that I might not be jerked around by desire to minister in a way that fulfills men's expectations. And so I pray that you would press your claims upon me, that my repenting would be towards you, and that my faith would be towards you and your Son, our Lord Jesus, and that this would come out in a ministry that is shaped by what you command. <coughs> and pray that you would do this for our elders as well, and then in every home that you would grip the mind and heart of the head of the household in his home. We pray, O oh Lord, that this would be the case in the churches and households, in our presbytery, in our synod, in the visible church more broadly, that you would restore us, O oh God, to a season in the life of your providential working in your church, in which there is a full ministry of the word, in which nothing is kept back that is helpful. And Lord, I pray for me, I pray for my wife, I pray for my children, that each of us would receive your word with this seriousness, that each of us would know that we need this ministry of your word every bit as much as anyone else. That we would see the wisdom of your design for the church and how you are pleased to gather from all nations into a congregation, into your church generally, uh, but also into our congregation and gather all sorts of people. Lord, there are people that it is more difficult to us, for us to obey the one another commands. We pray that you would give us a heart that is towards them for the sake of their being identified with you, uh, that we might be enabled to uh, to love them and to serve them who are the hardest for us. We pray that you would give us to read your word personally and responsively to you, and that the great things that you would make us to see and hear wherever we are in your word would be repentance towards you and faith towards Jesus Christ. In whose name we ask these things. Amen.